It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Upfront program for this um, Wednesday. I'm Roger, here Monday through Friday, and uh, we do a talk show. And uh, we invite guests to come on the show. Sometimes they ask us uh, if they can uh, have some time, and we do that. That's what Harrett happened with Garrett Manseri yesterday. He called. He wanted to give an update on Autumn Fest. Basically, what he wanted to say is that Autumn Fest has not canceled, but um, there's no question about it. It'll be a lot different. Some things will be there. Like they're going to have the buttons and the prizes associated with the buttons. They're going to have entertainment, but entertainment probably will be... Uh, electronically happening. Uh, there will be food, but maybe it will be spread throughout restaurants across the city instead of at the food court. Uh, you know, things like that. Anyway, final decisions on Autumn Fest are really going to happen um, a little bit after the 4th of July. So we'll have them back again on the program. So, um, let's see. Every, Wednesday, every other Wednesday, after a city council meeting... The, the council meetings on Monday, and then we have a council member rotating around, and uh, they, they show up on the show and explain what's going on. And then we have the mayor on. Now, that's not going to happen much longer because uh, we have the equal time provision uh, kicking in shortly, and a little bit on that because somebody wrote me an email on it, and I want to thank him. Uh, he heard John Brian on the air last night and he said where's equal time for the mayor well then mr brian could say where's equal time for him when the mayor's on we're not in that equal time provision because neither john brian or lisa baldelli hunt is a candidate yet uh she's mayor and he's vice president but they're not candidates yet they have to go to the board of canvases and get their papers and have them all signed and then certified by the board of canvases and then when the Board of Canvases in Woonsocket certifies them, then they become candidates. And then i got to do these talk shows all alone. <laughs> See, Correct. That's, that's the thing that really <laughs> bothers me. So that's why I'm particularly nice to Jeff Gamash and Paul Bourget, because um, uh, I might need some help on the, on the program. Uh, although you'll be a candidate, too. That's uh, right. Uh, forget about you. That's right. Don't, don't have to be nice. It's amazing how many people right. are so efficient in broadcast pol politics law. So anyway, uh, what happened is that last week the mayor was on the show and she did not say uh, complimentary things about how the city council fashioned the budget. And so Jim Canoya called and said, hey, she, she's misrepresenting some things. He was supposed to be here on the program. He, he uh, sent me a message this morning, can't make it, I guess, due to work commitments. Uh, also, the mayor... Uh, if you just listen to her, it uh, sounds like um, she had the best ideas on how to handle the graduation. And I don't think that as Mr. Bourget was listening to the program that he felt that uh, her representation of how it finally settled down, graduation 2024 in Socket High School, was um, uh, as accurate as it could be. So he's here today to talk a little bit about that. So here is, uh, first of all, hello, Mr. Bourget. Good morning, Roger. Okay. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, listeners. Good morning. Now, here's my unpleasant question. 
Thank old. God she intervened or you guys would have screwed up the entire graduation. And I don't know what you'd do without her. Thank you. Your comment, please. Oh, I, 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 I'm so glad you said that, Roger. I mean, with a tear in my eye, I mean, I was so happy to hear that the mayor uh, actually was in charge of the graduation and was uh, showed so much uh, uh, energy and so many good ideas that none of us, the superintendent, the principal of the high school, Mr. Henderson, his assistant principals, uh, the, the entire school committee and the chairman uh, had no idea what to do. And without her uh, sending out that press release, uh, without that press release, we would have failed miserably. Um, and I guess I'd say not to that. Uh, I have no idea why she sent out the press release and threw us under the bus. And then at the last uh, time she was here, she threw us under the bus again. And maybe she's going to be starting her own bus company. You know, we are, we are always looking to uh, interview new busing companies for our transportation, and maybe that's what she's telling us. It could happen. She might have a bus company. But what I wanted to, to, to talk about today is exactly what happened uh, at graduation. I think um, we all know that uh, the students really missed being together at graduation. That's number one. They wanted to be with their classmates. They wanted to be with their teachers. Uh, this was a time to celebrate together. This was not a time to celebrate graduation apart, but that's what they did. Um, knowing that, when we all were sent home and we had the stay-at-home order back in March, March 13th, um, planning for graduation began then because you said, what in the world are we going to do? What if we're stuck at home? What if we cannot gather as a, as a graduating class? And how can we hold an open-air graduation at Barry Field or in the auditorium? And so we kicked around ideas like, well, let's go to a drive-in. Let's put cars together uh, in, in there. And we found out you couldn't have more than 100 cars. Secondly, uh, you keep people in a hot car for over two hours. We knew that we couldn't control the crowd because the minute you put graduates together, they're probably going to get out of the car. It's hot. It's their graduation day. They're in cap and gown. So, they're gonna, so we're not going to be able to di keep them socially distant. So that was out. We said, well, why don't we uh, gather and s put them in Barry Field and, and separate chairs, uh, you know, 10 feet apart. And we have a massive field. We can do that. But as we know, you, put, you go to Barry Field before any graduation. The families come together. The crowds gather. We could never, ever control the crowd. Absolutely not. So, and these were all in the mayor's, uh, in her press release. Why not drive-in? Why not Barry Field? Uh, why not other ideas that, why not have uh, a walk-on-stage graduation only? You know, we could do that uh, like other school districts have. Well, guess what, Mayor? We had already planned that uh, months, of, months before, but Coventry uh, had sent in their plan to do just that. It was to have a walk across the stage. We were going to, we were thinking doing it either outdoors or indoors, but the Coventry plan was nixed by the health health department, and so we went. Oh my God, we got to go back to the drawing board. Um, the more we thought about it, the more a virtual programs would have to be done, uh, would have to be planned, and that takes a long time to do. It, just, just the production of it, just gathering all the information of it. Uh, took a long time, and it was well done. Anybody who wants to see it, it's on the website. It's fantastic. 
So why do you think she, uh, she uh, I don't like to use the word, put her nose into it, but uh, she did, uh, and it was a kind of a surprise. And I'm not even sure after the fact that she did it that she was happy that she did it. I, I didn't no- see much follow-up on it. No, because I didn't sit still. I wasn't going to take that. I mean, I know how hard the high school principal and his assistants and all his teachers worked on this and how the student class was working hard on this program and the superintendent and his staff and we the super uh, the uh, the school committee was supporting the efforts and now in one in one it feels like a slap in the face we don't know what we're talking about and if it wasn't for me graduation wouldn't happen like this and it's because of me that graduation that we added things but if the mayor had only called me because she talks about two-way uh, you know communication which she doesn't do, if she had, she would have found out that a lot of the things she was thinking about or the things or the events that were being planned uh, or being suggested by parents were already in the works. But we didn't want to say for two reasons. Some of the items that were done were to surprise the class. For example, that putting their, the graduation pictures on the fence at Barry Field. No one knew about that. We wanted the pictures, the post, the signs that come up, and the city and the graduates and their families to really appreciate it. And it really was an awesome moment as students realized their photos that were on uh, those signs on the Barry Field fence. Surprise. The and that wasn't done overnight. That's a lot of planning, a lot of printing, so that wasn't a last-minute... Uh... Oh, no. This was well in the works, but this was a surprise we wanted to keep. The walk across the stage, we were contempl- We were still contemplating that, and we were hoping the governor was going to relax her orders, her executive order, so that we could do that as well. We knew we couldn't gather in, in, in hundreds, but we might be able to do something by student. And so when it was clear that the governor's executive order was not going to change, we said, let's put this into action. Her timing was the weekend before. Do you think we would have done this right afterwards if this takes only a day to plan a graduation or plan an event? Insane. I mean, it shows, it, it shows the, just a lack of thinking. It looks more like let's me, let me make a political statement and let me uh, try to gain some political points. Um, and so she, she said what she said. And I think that was wrong. And we fi- were able to finalize the walk across the stage. And let's face it, you know, we didn't know if, it, if any of the students and their parents would take advantage of it. We're still in the pandemic. Would they want to walk across a stage by themselves and with a photo op and all of that? Well, out of about 340 graduates, 280 actually walked across the stage in cap and gown where their families could take all the photos they could, they wanted to. Plus, we have a we have a uh, we had a professional photographer take their photos. They'll be able to get photos, and we're gonna we're gonna put them together and hopefully put them up on the website. So that was in the works. Um, all the events that that took place were being planned. There's nothing that she came up with uh, that was new. Frankly, the parents that spoke to her also emailed me, and we had already dealt with it, and I dealt with every single parent that communicated with me, 
and she says there are the, she talked to one of the school committee uh, uh, members that really said the parent really wanted the mayor to intervene well I I pulled my I pulled my uh, committee I talked to them seems to me that uh, I don't know where she got that idea but no one suggested that from the school committee no one said the mayor should be involved because we've been following we've been part of the planning process all along uh, and so we were very much in tune and on top of what was happening and how the graduation exercises were being done not only for the high school but let's remember we also have a kindergarten graduation we also have a fifth grade graduation if you would and an eighth grade graduation and all of those have been planned uh so we keep distance uh social distancing and we we do the right things and we've we've uh and that's playing out this week the elementaries uh schools are all having the certificates being handed out and uh there is there is some virtual uh, uh virtual programs and all of that being done if you're just joining us on wnri the voices uh, you're hearing in the studio Paul Bourget is chairman of the Woonsocket School Committee. He's in studio with us. Jeff Kamash is at one of the microphones, IM2, and we continue the program. 30 years I've had the privilege of being in the front row at every Woonsocket High School graduation, uh, working, filming. And strictly as a programming sense, it's all, all my vision is programming. Right. It was one of the best graduations I've, I've had on the air here at WNR. Well, not my radio station, but uh, we've had on the air in 30 years. <laughs> I think it is. But it, and it was so good. I ran it three times. Never ran it three times before. But a couple of things. One, w- w- finding a company, GradCast, uh, was outstanding. Whatever it was, you got your money's worth. Uh, the work, I can tell you, as a production standpoint, was top shelf. The audio balance from beginning to end was there. The the voiceover work. So you're talking about a company that was Grad hired by cast. the school if committee. If you watch uh, the graduation on the Woonsocket of Education, uh, Woonsocket Education Department website, in the top uh, left corner you see a, a watermark. Gradcast was the company who did an outstanding job. Uh, it had to be incredibly time consuming to produce that. The speeches, the student body speeches were some of the finest. The valedictorian speech was one of the finest ones I've heard in 30 years. Um, uh, uh, his name just escaped me. He's a wonderful principal when Socket High School uh, spoke wonderfully. Um, you, you spoke as well in your clip, but the production was tight. It was terrific. I enjoyed, now if you heard it on the radio, I encourage you to go to the Woonsocket Education Department's website because for the first time, you get a little glimpse into the persona of each graduate with the little video clip. Maybe it was five, ten seconds, I, don't, I didn't time them. But you, you get a little glimpse into the persona of each student that I was know. named. I enjoyed that very much. And one last note before I stop throwing compliments around. Uh, the band. Hats <laughs> off to the Woonsocket High School band and the music director for performing Pomp and Circumstance, the traditional graduation piece, flawlessly from each individual home. I don't understand how they did that. <laughs> I still need to know how they did that. <laughs> I tell you, I've been in music 30 years. It's hard enough to make music with four or five guys next to each other, right. or in my case, eight. Uh, now you have, I don't know, 30, uh, 30, 30 40 so. uh, uh, musicians in their home, and that was remarkably done. 
Uh, but on the on the education website, there's some fantastic programming. The Senior Awards Night was very well done virtually. Right. Uh, and it was most enjoyable to watch and hear about all the scholarships that are available to the students and what they mean, why the scholarship is given, the emote behind it, if you will. And uh, one last uh, thing that, that popped in my mind here on, the, on that note. Uh, and that is available, by the way, at the OneSocket Education website. Actually, I'm going to stop here for a minute because I said so much I want to give you a moment to reply. But we have to point out the Honor Society. And correct me if I'm mistaken, Mr. Bourget. Almost, I'm, I'm a homer, so I'm going to round it up and say almost a third, is Honor Society between the National and the Rhode, uh, the Rhode Island National Society. That is remarkable, we have a the lot of, volume on the Honor Society. You know, what's really incredible um, is that these students um, that made the uh, inducted in the National Honor Society had a grade point average of 95 and up. And, uh, so it was like 50-some-odd of them right. and on the you, National. Then you have from 85 to 90 are the Rhode Island Honor Societies. And don't forget, they finished that year at home. They were in distance learning. Distant learning was part of their curriculum and how they had to complete their year. And to me, that is absolutely incredible. But that program ran. We also had a program for the Junior Honor Society, which is in the middle school. That ran. Sports Awards Night. The Career Center Awards and Graduation uh, Ceremony. Uh, then there was the sports. Uh, then there was the music awards. There was uh, then the scholarship and recognition award, as well as the graduation. All of those were done virtually and took a lot of time. And uh, they are all available on demand yes, at the Socket Education website. So they were all there. So there was a lot of work that was done. This took a long time, but as what's interesting is the mindset of the principal. And his teachers and the superintendent and the school committee was, these are all going to be phenomenal programs, but that's not enough. What else can we do for our students? So every year they have a picnic um, at Barry Field. Well, we couldn't have that this year, but we had a grab-and-go lunch that was... You know, uh, sponsored by Bugs Barbecue, uh, Bugged Out Barbecue. That's good food. Good food. (laughs) There was that. There was a grab-and-go because we're used to (laughs) grab-and-go. We've been doing this with Chromebooks. We've been pick up Chromebooks, bring in stuff, bring in uh, materials. So we had that. Uh, There was a senior day that was, again, virtual. So we had that. Plus the the fence, the the fence, the walk across the, the stage. And that all was planned, like I said. And it was, it certainly uh, was, there was, when I, it's funny, when I read the mayor's press release, I was ticking each item off and saying, got it, done, no, we decided we can't do that, that doesn't make any sense, too dangerous. So we had, con- we had done quite a bit uh, and completed quite a bit in the second, in the last, the mayor's last uh, uh, appearance here on WNRI, uh, I'll tell you, she got a lot of people upset, not just me. But a lot of people in the school department who worked so hard to be basically told, by the way, if it wasn't for my administration, you know, this, this would not have happened. Your kids would not have gotten the same kind of quality of uh, graduation. Uh, and that hurt. Frankly, instead, she should have praised it. She should have praised the efforts. Um, and she should have gone on from there because, frankly, uh, like you said, it took a lot of work, hard work to get the virtual programs done. 
And you can imagine the conversations we had with parents and teachers and students to let to make them feel comfortable and being part of this these programs because going to a graduation where you sit in a seat and walk across the stage is one thing but now you got to put together a clip a three to five second clip ten second clip of yourself and the kids put it's a lot of thought into that a lot of work went into it the right. national the um the honor societies um, um video programs were done by the students that was their that's what they did so they had to be working on this for a long time this just didn't happen over a couple of days or a couple of weeks this was a process and they had to do that while studying at home they couldn't go to school to do that they had to uh, they had to do this at home and think about the dance program that was done as part of the graduation uh, mrs maiello had her dancers Go to their each individual uh, student that was in the dance company. Uh, went to their elementary school where they came from. Yes, and charming. And they were dancing to music, but they all were at their own elementary school because this year we couldn't do the walkthrough, where the graduating class goes back to their grad to their elementary schools, and all the kids line the halls and the graduates oh, and captain nice. down. We've been doing this for years. I but didn't know that, but. You know, it's a great way to celebrate their success and, and to really inspire the young students to see this is going to be me in a few years. Uh, when I graduate from high school, we couldn't do that. But what we chose to do, uh, what was chosen is that they, they would dance in front of the school. It's so common. We hear the children do this for the children. What impact on the children moving through the coronavirus, moving through the turmoil that we're now in uh, on racial issues? Uh, I think as parents, we often put our biggest fears and transcend it to our children, whether they're there or not. What I witnessed was uh, a graduating class that perhaps was more mature and grew up quickly over this past year. Right uh, and are handling it with a lot of strength and um, and a lot of a lot of pride in I think where they are at and I I sensed a more mature group of graduates ready to go to the world I don't know what impact you think this has had on them they grew up fast uh, over this last three four months let's remember this is a class that had to endure work to rule if many of them went uh, to courses at the career center and last year we had mold problems so that we had to take all the students from the career center bring them over to the high school that caused a lot of turmoil right and now we have we have covid that we have to deal with pandemic so they had to grow up very fast i mean if you when you listen to the speeches by the adults um i, I think in all the virtual programs the words resiliency is there uh you know, you, you hear you hear focus, you hear self-starters, um, you hear, you know, there was one phrase there that, you know, they've got it all, their toolbox is full. These children no longer are. They are adults now, and I think they have met controversy, uh, challenges that many of us at that, even at our age, we have not had to do. Because you t- talk about multitasking you got to multitask your family life your any jobs you had your schoolwork your extracurricular activities and now graduation 
and now you you and it's an uncertain world what happens now how you know when do what's going to happen in the next phase so they've had to deal with all those pressures and have to live with it as well as with their parents so these these students really had to go through a lot they've all gone through a lot we'll explore some other topics after we take a commercial break on the Upfront program. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Services are now available on Facebook or Skype on the Internet. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's the church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study, Wednesday at 7 p.m and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are understandable to grow you in faith and available online. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting you on your journey of salvation, with services now available on Facebook and Skype. Services conducted by Pastor Marcus Warren. And Packers Marcus Warren announces that there is now in-church services to the capacity of 25% in-church services this um, Wednesday and also Sunday at the Cumberland Church of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. And our current property is at 92 St. Paul Street in North Smithfield. It is um, an older property built in 1890. And I'm looking at it here. It's really uh, nicely uh, laid out with the shrubs and the fencing and the cement steps and so forth. Um, one and a half baths in this four-bedroom house. Scott uh, tells me, Roger, you can pack your bags and check out this great family home with private access to, uh, from uh, Coleric Avenue. The home uh, has, uh, in addition to the one and a half baths and the four beds, uh, we have a nice um, shed, a two-car garage, all located in what we call the Waterford section, which is a little section uh, in North Smithfield and Blackstone uh, area. Uh, so you can say, if you don't like uh, uh, North Smithfield address or Blackstone, I live in Waterford. Anyway, recently remodeled bathroom, additional parking for three cars. Scott McGee would like to show you this property, 639-2906. Thank you. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and a Moscato. And yes, it's still two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyards of California. Quality wine. And the sale goes on on Kettle Vodka, $32.99 for the 1.75 liter bottle. And Bacardi Rum, the 1.75 liter bottle is only $23.99. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30 pack, $25.50 plus tax. Champs Liquors for Keyway does high rise and senior complex delivery. Service to Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Still doing door service. I checked with Mike the other day, the manager, and uh, we will have an announcement about in store service uh, very, very shortly. Before we get back to uh, Mr. Borget from the school committee, I want to tell you that River Falls Restaurant is open again Tuesday through Sunday for inside and outside dining. Visit our Facebook page for different menu choices. You can call ahead at 401 235. 9026, especially for outdoor dining. May I recommend table number five? Now, 
I know it's not always available, but if you call for outdoor dining, number five, what that table is, is as you go around the corner, uh, you, um, you don't see the waterfall um, dam. All you see... If you have that table four or five is the Blackstone River, and it is gorgeous view. And that's the uh, one that's on the riverside, not the one against the wall of the building. Anyway, that's the one I try to get at River Falls. Indoor and outdoor seating available at River Falls. Reservation, limit to five per table. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday, 9.30 to 9. Weekends, Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 10. We're River Falls. And um, I hate to swear on the radio, but they have damn good food. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. We are back to the Upfront program. And uh, so, uh, to uh, shift a little bit, uh, Paul, graduation, is it over? At Woonsocket High School, have you finished all your activities? Because I'd like to get on to the to the next school year. Okay. Um, graduation is over. We're wrapping up. This is the last week of school. The elementaries are having uh, certain uh, activities this, this week. Um, and so in wrapping up, graduation was fantastic. Uh, it was well planned. It was well developed. And even though the mayor said that uh, things started to hop and other things started to really get into gear after her press release, that was a lot of baloney. Uh, we, everything was in motion. It was just needing to be finalized. So she contributed. Uh, other than having uh, the police, uh, the police es- not the escorts, but the police presence at the high school during the walk across the stage. Oh, yeah, that's right. There, those were our SROs where we worked together with the chiefs both the fire and the police chief. So she had very little to do with the graduation. Somebody said in an email a couple of weeks ago when this all started, is that um, comparing Woonsocket to other communities in the area is just unfair. And they mentioned two things. Number one, that Woonsocket has, uh, Woonsocket High School has triple the enrollment of most schools. Like, for instance, North Smithfield just graduated 112. Woonsocket, was it 340? 340, 350, yeah. yeah. And the other one was uh, that... Um, Woonsocket has a diversity of student population, not only ethnic from also income-wise. Absolutely. Again, you look at North Smithfield and you have basically white, middle-class families, 112. You can do a lot of different things with graduation than you can with 340 kids, Hispanic, black, white, different um, um, Muslim, uh, this whole poor, rich. Fair amount of the <laughs> There is a Asian. There is a real diversity. Well, well, so that right. seems to be what I saw. That's know? exactly right. And one of the things that uh, the mayor should have been thinking about when she suggested we go to a drive-in or we go out of town is that we have a lot of people with no cars. Mm-hmm. Students don't have cars. Parents have no cars. How are we going to get there? If we bust them, aren't we uh, violating all the governor's orders in terms of packing people in a vehicle? So we couldn't do that. We had to do... Uh, events and uh, that allowed people to stay in town and to stay close. So, yes, we we're very diverse, you know, economically wise, uh, nationality wise, all wise. And we have six thousand kids in our school district, and we have a very large high school graduating three forty. There's none. Like Mount St. Charles is delaying their graduation to late July. That was one of the things she thought. Well, we thought about that, and we said. Wait a minute. The, the iron is hot now. This is the graduation season. We're not going to wait till July, August, because now kids are starting to think about the following year. 
And what if there's a setback in terms of the phases, the governor's phases, and we have to go backwards instead of forwards? What do we do? Cancel graduation? By then, if we hadn't started the, uh, the virtual programs and even the other items that we in- instituted within graduation, we couldn't have started planning that down the road. Uh, because we would have probably lost all of that. A certain percentage wouldn't even be here. I know when right. I graduated high school, I didn't care about my graduation. I was less than a week away from boot camp. Because we do have folks who are going to, every year, going to the military, some taking jobs, others going to college. So there's, there's a variety of uh, things that students are doing. And the, and, and the fire now is cold. The excitement is gone. They've gotten their diplomas in the mail. Why, why have a graduation exercise? Will the uh, coronavirus uh, affect your budget going, coming into the next school year? Or do you pretty much have your money uh, pretty much in place so that you can carry on the next school year, whatever it may be? And what do you see the school year September as? Well, let's talk about, we'll talk about the budget and we'll talk about what we have to do for next year in terms of opening schools. The budget was sent to the city council on time, but it's an estimate. It's an estimate on what we know, what the state had promised to give us in terms of revenue. And that was decided somewhere around March, right before coronavirus hit. So we have estimates. We have no idea if that budget is going to hold. Will the state be able to give us the money they said they would, which was like a $4.5 million increase from last year, do, do, do all the uh, categoricals that we have and the other things they're funding, uh, Moonsocket was to receive about four and a half million more, uh, which we need because you think of just the demographics of our schools and the makeup of our of our of our school system. Twenty-eight, thirty percent are made up of special ed kids, um, and those students uh, require at times out of district services which are very expensive we also have a very strong large uh english learning uh language uh population in our in our city and so that takes a lot of specialization and professional development so all of that is in the budget now was sent to the city council and and i'm sure mr canary would have said today that we don't know what's happening never mind with the city what kind of funds we're going to get uh, but also what kind of funds the school is going to get. They were going to, um, as part of what we had talked about last year, is they gave us an extra 250000 in the maintenance of effort. They were going to do that again this year and the following year. The term maintenance of effort, could you explain that for sure. our audience? I don't know what it means. Um, cities and towns are required to provide funding for their schools. The state gives X and the city is required to give Y. And that is maintenance of effort. Once you start giving that amount, you must continue to maintain that effort, that financial effort from year to year. You can't go down. Can't go down. But you can go up. Can go up. So how can the city council vote in this year that extra 250 when they don't know uh, what's happening with the school budget? Or what the, with the state revenues and what's happening with the city. So they put that in advance, and, hold, and that's being held. Uh, it hasn't been voted on. But our budget is temporary as well. We know we may have to change our numbers. I just want to make sure. So in any existing fiscal year when planning the next one, uh, a city or municipality cannot contribute less than that existing fiscal year in the 
right. upcoming budget. That's why it's called maintenance yep. of effort. Before and everybody's we, focused on that. Trust me. Before uh, we get to what the school year is going to look like in September, yeah. Jeff uh, says, uh, I'm not sure if this is allowed, uh, but I like uh, both Paul Boyer and the mayor. I think what Paul and the school committee did was fantastic with the pictures at Barry Field. Jeff goes on to write, my dad, who uh, passed away as, uh, was a teacher for over 20 years at the Woonsocket Middle School, and he always enjoyed watching the graduation uh, ceremonies. Congratulations to the whole city on graduation. That's great. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Thank you, Jeff. If I could ask a question about the offseason, I mean, if if you were a sports franchise, (laughs) you're entering the offseason. Right. One of the key things in my education life was I was mostly educated in Bellingham, but it was Woonsocket High School Summer School. Mr. Peckham, and I'll never forget him, God bless him, Mr. Lamar. Those two teachers changed my education, summer school. For those students who haven't graduated, is there any continued education through the summer available? Of course, um, and guess what? It's going to be distant learning. Uh, The uh, summer school programs are set up for kids who need to have credits because they're lacking credits to graduate or they need to uh, get credits to go on to the next level or they're just uh, taking extra courses, whatever. That's all being planned. That's been planned for months now. Uh, It's going to be social. It'll be distant learning. Everything's ready to roll. So that's going to happen. It's going to happen just like we just, uh, it's going to be education like we've had in the last three months. There was an interesting thing in education. Again, I was a Woonsocket High School, a Bellingham High School student. Somehow, and they must have paid for it, I was able to go to summer school in Woonsocket. And just that experience with different teachers, a different tactic, a different approach. And I'll never forget, there are teachers I had in Bellingham, I can't remember. But Mr. Lamont, Mr. Peckham opened my eyes on the subject of French and Algebra 2. Uh, to well, much success. So uh, summer school has a stigma to it sometimes, but it is a valuable education tool. You know, some, some students aren't able to get certain credits during a year or as they go along because of whatever they, their condition, their family condition is. So they need that extra time to get credits. And summer school will provide that for them and, and so on and so forth. So Every single year we have it. Usually you got to go to school for that. That's why they call it summer school. But now it's going to be summer home because that's where they're going to be getting their education. It'll be, the, you know, everybody's going to have a, those that need that Chromebook will have it. You know, the, the assignments will be given to them and so, so on and so forth. So summer school is happening. Before we get to September, I'm going to ask Jeff for a favor on the year because I don't want to forget. But apparently <laughs> I've heard such good things about Eric Luke. And his Lou. um, Lou L U L U. I know. I read it. Every, every, <laughs> like right, I'm going to. Uh, I'd love to have a copy of that so that maybe we could play excerpts, uh, maybe in the in the news or something. Uh, I think you'd want to hear this. Uh-huh. He, my wife Denise, categorized him perfectly. We started listening and watching him, and the first thing that comes to mind is Eric is a storyteller. Mm-hmm. He welcomes you into his home. It, it, it is incredible. I've never heard anything like this. Uh, he is, you know, he he's going to make a great doctor. Huh? He's fa- he's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Uh-huh. Well, let's put it this way: his bedside manner is fabulous right now, and the way he talks to folks 
the way he welcomes you in, and I, I was just absorbed by what he was saying. He's off to Harvard University out of Woonsocket High School. Congratulations. You'd be surprised how many Harvard students Woonsocket High School has produced. Quite a few. Right. Quite a few. Yes. And you talk about economic diversity. Uh, a quick story. I don't want to monopolize time, but there was a valedictorian many years ago. I want to say the young lady was Laotian. And she was not born here in this country, yet she was valedictorian. She came here not speaking English. And her mother, I remember this story, it was so moving. Her mother did laundry from the home in order to financially support the family, but education was in the value. So these were not people from Rogers End of the neighborhood, if you will. But, uh, <laughs> not from Manville Road or what, you know, what do you mean? Anything can come from anything is the key here. And, it was, and she, this young lady, went to Harvard yes. uh, out of, uh, from, if you will, a third world country coming here, mother working laundry, and... And, and boom, when Socket produces so many wonderful Harvard kids in, a, in, other, in other rooms. So September is coming. How, does, uh, how is things coming into focus for the new school year? Well, uh, if, if anyone thought in the school department or the school committee were going to get a summer break and have it easy, wrong. That's not what's happening. You know, every year we do a lot of planning for the upcoming year. But this year is, is going to be very interesting because we don't know what are we going back to school. Are we going to have distant learning? How, 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 is, how is that going to play out? So we've gotten um, uh, guidelines from RIDE, the Rhode Island Department of Education. And we are required, um, and, we've already, and we're ahead of the curve, as I told you early on um, before, before this broadcast. Um, you, have to, you have to plan and set up a committee, an opening school committee, which include teachers and principals and parents school committee people, that we will look at how we're going to open school because it's very possible there's going to be a combination of in-school and distant learning as we go on. Um, So you need an opening of school committee, which is the overall umbrella committee. There will be an operations committee as to how exactly we're going to do that. Uh, You need a professional development committee because... Teachers need professional development as we go along, and how do you do that? So there are, there are those three committees, plus there are other committees that the superintendent is putting together, actually, this week. He's starting to do this this week. Um, we've already been talking about the different possibilities, and uh, it's going to be like a Rubik's Cube. Is how do you teach your students in the best way possible while keeping them safe? And it's going to, you know, we're going to be getting directives from RIDE, which they get directives from the governor and the Department of Health. And so that's going to that's going to evolve over the summer as to how exactly we're going to open our schools, because we have a very large and diverse district. How do you do that? You know, we have our elementary, middle school and high school. But all of those will be dealt with. Will be there'll be a lot of planning, you know, and there'll be a lot of thinking about this. For example, if you have to keep your class sizes small, well, how do you do that when you have class sizes in the 20s? If you have to keep it to 10 or 12, well, maybe half the class stays home, half the class goes to school, and they alternate. And that will all, and and you say, well, there's a lot of mechanics to that, a lot of moving parts. Correct. And do we have it all figured out by now? right now? No, we don't. 
And that's why we're going to be planning this over the course of the summer. Has there been any sort of detail from Ride? For instance, uh, we were talking earlier, the Bay State, and I'm sure we're always watching across the state borders, um, has put out some guidelines on a return to school in the fall in person, uh, such as student body classrooms of limited to 10. Um, has any sort of number been thrown out there by Ride in that category? It's um, not, not yet. Um, and again, even though whatever they will send to us will be guidelines at first, and then they'll want to hear our plan, and they will approve plans. I think the districts are going to be, although there will be overall guidance from Ride, the districts are going to be allowed to use, you know, to plan themselves. It's going to be the district's responsibility to maintain, to set up a plan of education that is safe and makes sense. And so, uh, will, will, will numbers be uh, rigid? We don't know that yet, but we're planning on it in case. So, there's a lot of things that have to be uh, thought of as we go along. Some communities have been reporting spikes in teacher retirements coming off the post-coronavirus right. and so forth. Um, is one socket uh, any inclination of uh, turnover, if you will, within the Right the now, teachers? there's always at the end of the school year, there's always some of that. Um, right now, no. But uh, nothing of a, of a spike? Nothing like, like uh, other communities have faced. Um, no, we have our normal retirements, and we've had, you know, this, this last three months, uh, substitute teachers haven't been used because they've all been in the home. Yeah. Uh, all of that's going to come into play now uh, as we start a new year, and how it's going to play out is still unknown. That's why we're forming the committees. That's why, uh, the, you know, it's, it's, we have to formulate how, in fact, to the, to the detailed level, on a detailed level, what are we going to do? With now, the schools. You have a meeting tonight. Uh, is all that stuff uh, on the agenda tonight or, well, the or further down the summer? Superintendent, his report is going to start talking about uh, the opening of school and what's going to be done. And he's going to be talking about a lot of the things I'm talking about now in terms of we have to set up committees. These are what the committees are going to be. Uh, and this is how we're going to proceed for the next few months. Sure. That's going to be, uh, you know, we're going to, I'm sure he's going to wrap up graduation. Uh, we'll be congratulating a lot of people, all the people that, that did the work, and also the students who did a ma marvelous job. But then we're going to be talking about, he's going to be talking about opening of schools. Time to uh, drop you off the subject to your uh, other favorite subject, uh, Civil War, for a second. Uh, put because, on my general's hat. Yeah, because uh, there's, a, there's a national debate going on. Um, and, and in some communities, that national debate has has turned into action where um, where statues have been removed. You're seeing these. Now, this is we're talking not only to the chairman of the school committee, but this is a, a man who loves American history, not only Civil War, from, from uh, the patriots of uh, the revolution uh, right through. But uh, anyway, they're taking down statues, uh, one in Richmond and R Richmond, Virginia, and so forth. I was just wondering how a historian looks at this. Can you look at it um, with... Uh, uh, shall we say, an objective eye. I look at it and say we're in a, where a nation decides to get rid of its history is no longer a nation. You know, we're losing our America. The statues are not there just to, uh, to honor an individual, but what they stood for, what causes uh, they either fought for, believed in. I mean, they've even defaced the statue of Lincoln. They've, they want to remove a statue of Robert E. Lee, probably one of the greatest 
Americans and generals we've ever had in this country. Um, nothing is sacred. Um, the Russians did this uh, when the revolution occurred. Everything was knocked down. Uh, we're doing the same here, which is we don't care about our past. We only think about what we'd like to get for free or whatever. Um, and frankly, I, I'm, I'm appalled at this. I can't believe it because if you don't, one, teach history and you don't respect history, then that nation really is no longer the same country because what have we begun? I mean, we all look at our families. Take a look at all our families. We all come from great-grandparents, grandparents, fathers and mothers. We have traditions. We have stories. Uh, we learned lessons from all these people. We cherish those and even some of the lessons. Maybe you got to hold you behind because maybe when you were young, uh, you were put in a corner or whatever, but you learned something. Things have changed. But if you just said, my family doesn't matter, everything before me doesn't matter, then what are you? You're, you're, a, you're in a vacuum. And I think our country is, is proceeding to become a vacuum. Um, and nothing will be cherished. I can't understand why we're doing this. I can understand not like if you're from the north, maybe, and you, you, um, you reenact as a northern general. Maybe you dislike the Confederate reenactors, not the persons who are doing the reenacting, but who, what they stood for, because that's what the history taught us. But to knock down history, to rip up flags, um, I think NASCAR and all the racing are getting rid of all the Confederate flags. I don't understand that because the Confederate battle flag was something the common soldier fought to preserve, to protect. It, well, he wasn't protecting a flag. He was protecting They were families. patriots to themselves, right? They were patriots. Same thing with in the North. If you're going to tear down statues of presidents or you're going to face the Lincoln Memorial, you say, well, what in the world are you doing? It's not the statue that we're honoring. It's what we stood for to try to unite the country. So for me, it, it, it's disgusting to do that. Um, and I will continue to wear my uniform, my blue uniform, with a lot of pride. Thank you, Paul, for joining us. And thank you, Jeff, for your assistance Thanks today for having the program. Me. Thank you for having me, Roger. It was a pleasure as always. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766 766- 8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. If you need a plumber, I hope you'll consider Ray Dion, Dion's Plumbing Systems. From Cumberland, serving the greater Woonsocket area, we do residential and commercial work. We work on kitchens and bathrooms, heating systems, drain cleaning. We're licensed, we're insured. Over 30 years experience from Ray Dion, you can expect clean, neat, dependable, and courteous work. So when the pipes burst, think of Dion's Plumbing first. The number to call is 334-6060, Dion's Plumbing Systems. We do bathrooms, kitchens, heat and hot water systems, and all kinds of special work as it relates to plumbing. Dion's Plumbing Systems. Think of us. We'll do it right for you. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow on the Upfront program. Thank you for being with us. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Socket.